The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to The Crowncast. And if I have uh, made sure that I'm pronouncing all of that very clearly and slowly is because I have gotten some feedback that sometimes when I say The Crowncast, I don't enunciate the T, and it sounds like I'm saying The Crown Cast. And that's not what we are. It's not what we are. And we, of course, means that I'm not alone. And so I'm going to introduce Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. And joining us for all of the frivolity is Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello, hello. Uh, guys, did you appreciate my, my, my slow and clear enunciation? Sure. It made of all course. the difference in the world. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm glad. Because uh, really, we're out here in order to bring the best possible... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A piece of things that consumers devour uh, product. Thank you. The best possible product for you, the lovely, lovely listener. And we are going to continue that today by continuing our series of buy, sell, hold. And this time we're going to do it with the people in the middle of the field. And uh, Josh, if you could take us away and describe the sort of boundaries by which we do buy, sell, hold. Sure. Yep. So as a reminder, um, when we're thinking about this, we're trying to just isolate. Are these players players that could be um, good starters on a playoff team? So not just a team that's sneaking into the playoffs, but a team that is competing for potentially a cup. Um, this includes starters, of course, but it could also include important bench pieces. Think third center backs, uh, fourth midfielders, those type of things. We're also ignoring any kind of trade or uh, resale value on it. We're trying to just isolate what is the quality of the player, and in two to three years, would they be a quality member of a very, very quality squad? Yep, that's how we're doing it. And uh, we're basically going to continue on with our same methodologies from last time, and we kind of thought, hey, there might be some way we would agree on, and we would get them out of the way quickly and first, and then we realized that we don't agree on anything. So, um, well, well, welcome to the crown cast. We are a united front of chaos. Um, what we're going to do is I think we're going to go in and, uh, Justin, I'm going to jump over to you and I'm going to ask you to tell me about Yordi Alcivar and whether or not you would buy, sell or hold him. Oh, Yordi. So, uh, Yordi Alcivar, our young designated player for me is a sell. Uh, and he's a sell primarily because I just don't see a spot for him. Um, I think he trended in the wrong direction over the season. I haven't been particularly impressed. And the, the young de uh, designated player slot, it carries a lot of weight and a lot of value with it. And he's not living up to it. He's got to go so that we can open the space for somebody that can be maybe better. <laughs> Very straightforward. Josh, uh, what do you, how are you feeling on Jordi Alcivar? I'm a cautious hold on Yordi. Um, mostly it has to do with his age. He is only 23. Um, and the fact that I do believe he has a lot of talent. I agree with Justin that, especially the second half of the season, I don't think we saw anywhere close to what he's capable of. And the big question is whether I think we have the staff that can bring out that talent and whether he wants to be coached by the staff here or whether he is looking for a change. If he's looking for a change, obviously, he can he can go find greener pastures elsewhere. Um, but I just, I do believe in the talent. I think especially his passing ability from deeper is something that this team could use. Um, and if we can find a way to motivate him, which is a big if, I think he could be a very productive MLS player. So that is my cautious hold on him. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a lot of fight on this one. He's a sell for me and a relatively quick sell. Um, my opinions on Jordi Alcivar is he looks like a player with a lot of stuff in there. And I haven't ever seen the inside stuff get outside. Please, dear listeners, take that however it is you so choose. Um, I haven't really seen him connect the team. He doesn't look like he's motivated or involved with the squad. Maybe that's just a young guy who gives off an air of, you know... <clears throat> oh, I'm not the hot stuff and I don't have to like run around the same way, but I just, I don't see the motivation. I don't see how he's connecting to the team. He is taking up a young designated player spot. For me, uh, this one is a, you know, thank you for your time. Good luck to you and your greener pastures. Anybody 
final thoughts on Jordi Alcivar? I mean, real quick, you know, we'll always have the Olympico. The problem I have with the Olympico is that it looked like every time after that that he took a corner, he was trying to do it again, and that's to the detriment to the squad. Yeah, I would agree. And but he we'll should always never have for this squad again. um well i mean i guess technically if the host of this uh podcast get our way he won't take anything for the squad again because we've sold him uh (laughs) josh i'm gonna move over to you and i am going to uh to give you one that i think is going to be relatively agreed upon by us and maybe we'll get into the ones we think are gonna be spicier later and that's brant bronico um so what are you thinking about Brandt? Tell us, tell us your thoughts. Um, so for me, Brandt is a definite buy. Um, I do want to caveat this, though. Um, I'm a big fan of Brandt. I think he has exceeded all expectations this year. Um, I do think we need to have a conversation with Latanzio and get Brandt to take a couple days off once in a while because I do think he looked very leggy at the end of the season. Um, How? However, I think the spicy part of this take is going to be in two to three years, I don't think that Brent Bronico should be a starter for us if we have aspirations of actually competing and winning a cup. I think he could be a very, very, very useful rotation piece and someone to come off the bench to provide a lot of quality and um but I think if you really want to be competing, you're going to have to upgrade. But a highly experienced, well-rounded uh, uh, rotational piece is hugely valuable. Every good squad has those. All right, Justin, you want to you get it on uh, Mr. Bronico? Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so my spicy take is I agree 100% with Josh. He's going to be 29 <laughs> in a couple of years. I, I think that Brandt is phenomenal for this team and phenomenal for this community. Um, I think that his best place for this team is, like you referenced at the top, Josh, as the fourth guy in the midfield. He covers two out of the three positions in the midfield that that we play right now very well. He can play the six, he can play the eight, and that's going to always be incredibly valuable to have. I think it's incredibly valuable to have that guy when you need a little bit more spine in the midfield and you can trot out the midfield of Jones and Bronico together. I think he's a great guy. If you need maybe a little bit less defensive help, you put him at the six, he can still do the job, but he can give you a little more going forward than Derek can. That said, I don't think he's an every game starter if we are challenging for the playoffs. I think he is getting solid minutes. I think he's the first guy up off the bench, um, but I don't think that he is the nailed on guy in the 11 anymore. All right. Well, I guess that just leaves it to me. And uh, Brant Bronico is a buy for me all day. And for very similar reasons, although I do, I think there was something that I maybe hadn't fully considered throughout the season. And that is Brant Bronico's superpower is his general ability is that he, he just doesn't drop the ball in anything. He's an incredible engine in the middle of the field. He's a good leader. He's, eh, I mean, at the end of the season, he looked pretty leggy and his passing went a little bit haywire, but he's a decent passer of the ball. He makes good dribbles. He can shoot. Uh, you know, he draws away defenders. He creates openings. He he pressures on defense. He leads the back line when he's there on the six. <clears throat> when you look at what Brant Bronico can do, it there are very, very few holes in his game all the way to the MLS level that comes with the kind of potential other side of the coin that he doesn't really have just an unyielding superpower and as a result I do think that considering we're talking about like two years from now it will probably be he's going to be like a a dressing room captain he's going to be the one helping these younger guys figuring out how to to get their careers up and going and uh, he's probably going to be the first option off the bench, but he's going to be at a level where if a six or an eight gets injured, I don't think anyone's going to be upset or panicking about the fact that you're now starting for six or seven games in a row. Midfielder is Brant Bronico. I think people will be like, yes, this is fantastic. And for that reason, well, never fantastic. That someone would get hurt, but you know, I think people would be comfortable with that. And and for that, it's definitely a buy for me. Uh, really quick, final thoughts on Brant Bronico. Anyone? I mean, I love him. 
uh, you know, he's he's been a great interview. He's been a great friend of the podcast, and uh, he's been great for the community. Uh, so I hope that uh, we never see him leave. We see him retire here in in uh, Charlotte FC colors. Yep, long, long may he wear the black and blue. Uh, so we are going to go ahead, and this one will be me to pick up, and I'm going to pick up Derek Jones. Uh, I'm going to sort of just briefly reference my thoughts on Derek Jones, and that is. Derek Jones is the opposite of Brant Bronico. Derek Jones has a couple of superpowers and otherwise does not fit the, the generalist mold in any way, shape or form. He is incredibly strong on the ball. Defensively, he's very aware and positioned. He is hard to push off. Uh, he holds shape pretty well. And he actually spins players really, really, really well. Uh, Justin, I think you and I talked about the fact that I have a firm belief that he can get by any defender as long as they've put their hand in his back while he's facing away from them. Because as soon as he, he gets touched in the back, he knows where that player is. He doesn't have to use his eyes. And he just spins away from that player because he's so strong. I think that he is a hold for me. I like the the sense and the idea that he can bring to being like a really defensive number six who doesn't have responsibility beyond that, you know, sort of really short five yard pass kind of role that is there to protect the back line. Uh, I think that player does well in the MLS. I, in order for him to go on and be like a definite buy for me, I feel like I need to see a little bit more, whether that's just him learning to develop that 10 yard pass that can kind of break through one line or uh, whatever it is. I feel like I see a player in there that I could be really thrilled to have in the team. But right now what I see is a player who I go, yeah, he's doing a job and could potentially do more. So for me, he is a hold. Uh, Josh, how are you feeling about Mr. Derek Jones? So unfortunately, Derek Jones is going to be a sell for me. Um, I, I will caveat that by saying I think, unlike Jordi Alcivar, I think Derek Jones improved vastly over the course of this season. Um, when he first started playing, I was not enamored with what he was doing on the pitch. Um, I think some of that was due to some changes in philosophies and tactics and whatnot. Um, I agree with you, Logan, that there are certain things he does really well. He's a weirdly good dribbler for someone his size like it really doesn't make sense that he he does that so well and this is not just a, a one-year thing if you go and look back at some of his stats from previous years this is a part of his game he has that ability when he picks his moments to dribble past some players and to use his body really well um the issue i have is when you also go and look back at at certain things with him um it's the passing that that really worries me um I, it's not something that has really changed or improved all that much over his tenure as a professional um and i think that you can find other players who provide similar levels of defensive stability um and maybe even dribbling ability but that have better passing were to expand this sort of premise to to include maybe like a fourth or a fifth midfielder or sorry, a fifth or a sixth midfielder, if you're talking about a midfield three, he'd probably be a buy because I think if he's your if he's your, like your fifth or sixth midfielder, I think you probably have a pretty deep squad. But as someone who you want sort of first off the bench or something like that, I I just have a feeling that you can and would want to do better if you really want to compete for for trophies in this league. With that said, I think he could very easily prove me wrong because his trajectory was the correct way. And as you said, if he does take his passing to a next level, all of a sudden you have a really, really intriguing player. I just don't think I have confidence that that is going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see what, what you're saying and that he's such a specialist piece. It, it comes with that other side, otherwise downside. Just, uh, Justin, you want to get in on this one? Uh, I'm going to, you know, we've talked about how consistent we are in our responses. Uh, Derek Jones is a buy for me. <laughs> we've gotten, uh, we've gotten all, is this the first one we've gotten all three? We did it, boys. <laughs> we've done it. We have truly disagreed. Uh, by but, all means, continue. Uh, 
Uh, it, Derek is not a guy who has, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about Mackenzie Gaines last week and how he doesn't have a lot of actual minutes. If you look at the total number of nineties, he's played it, Derek hasn't played a ton it, at the MLS level. It's 46 over five, six seasons. He's 25 years old. He'll be 27 in two years. To me, he's trending in the right direction for a defensive midfielder. I think he's better at the six than anybody we've got right now. I think, honestly, what he showed towards the end of the season is a top third of the MLS, you know, six in terms of breaking up play and turning it. And and I'm not asking for for complex passes. And he didn't try and make complex passes, but he did the, the safe passes pretty well. Logan, you mentioned his ability to spin out of danger. I can't tell you the number of times over the course of the season as we were watching matches when I'd lean over and go, you know, they call him DJ because he spins. And he does. And and so everything about him right now is Derek Jones is the guy that absolutely, I think, can start at the six uh, and get us there to the playoffs. I, I think that, you know, you've got a great rotation. You've got a great choice between him and Brandt. Um, I think that he brings different things. I think the other thing that he brings that we haven't talked about is at least the size in the box. And while I don't think that he put anything uh, uh, past, oh no, he did score a goal this season. Um, he had a couple of really good opportunities that that you know that got saved. Um, I think his was the stooping header. Uh, uh, shoot, I can't remember. It was late in the season, but but I think it got saved. It was a really good one. Um, I happen to like Derek Jones. I think he's a really good midfielder. And and for that reason, he's a buy for me. All right. Uh, we, we've got all three there and, uh, it only took us what, like nine, 10 players ish to, <laughs> to, to, to fully disagree on something. Um, I, I'm not swayed by either of your arguments. He's a hold for me. I will not back off. I think he could be really special, uh, but I don't see it yet. Uh, I guess that means we just have to go along disagreeing. And I, I think that we can do that. Um, let's say you guys, we get into Chris Haggard. I think we, we may have some some thoughts on Chris Haggard. Does that feel like a good one to, to bring up next? Sure. Sure. Uh, then the randomizer uh, says that this one's going to go to Josh. What are you thinking, Josh? All right. So I want to say this very clearly. I haven't really seen Chris Haggard play a lot. <laughs> I saw his 19 <laughs> minutes that he had for Charlotte this season. Um, I unfortunately did not get to watch a lot of the the independence games. Um, he did have three goals and four assists for them. Um, he is a hold for me and it's mainly due to his age. He is 20 years old. Um, he will be 21, I think in a few months. Um, but three goals, four assists as a 20 year old. Yes, it is, um, a lower division in the American tier, but I just don't like to give up. I guess it comes down to I don't like to give up on youth and on talent. Um, and the few little cameos that he did make for the MLS club, I thought I saw something there. He's the purest hole that I think I, I can give to anyone just because it's so little that we've seen from him that I I want to see more and I want to see if he can break into uh, the MLS side. With that comes this statement also of this year, I don't think that he necessarily breaks in and becomes a starter or anything, but it does have to say something whether he can or can't. If he still can't get time over the course of this next year, then I think you do question more about what his long-term viability in the squad is. He'll still be young, but you do want to start seeing players force their way into getting minutes at this level. Um, But right now, just because there's really no data on him aside from what he's done at the lower levels, which has been pretty good, I think he's a hold for me. All right, uh, I'm going to jump in here, and I'm going to be one who disagrees with you. Uh, I, I'm going to put him at, I'm somewhat swayed by the by his age into a hold, but I'm still going to put him at a sell. Um, 20 years old is, is young, and I don't think anyone here is going to disagree with that. 20 years old is young. But 20 years old is old enough that I feel like I should have seen something really spectacular. Um, and this is one of the things that, you know, I think back to my thought process on Jordi Alcivar, and that was all we saw from Jordi Alcivar that was really spectacular was one Olympico and nothing else. Um, 
And Jordi Alcivar had the Olympico, at least. I look across Chris Heggard's game. I don't see anything about him that I am immediately looking at and going, this, this shows me the level of promise to development that I want to see. Now, he could go on and be the next, you know, messy. I don't know. Uh, you know, the range of outcomes is obviously massive when you haven't seen that much of a player. But I feel like considering his his pathway and his trajectory so far, if he was going to show that that top tier, that higher range of outcomes, we probably would have seen him force his way into a team more that was really struggling in the midfield for a while. You know, it's not like there haven't been chances. Uh, Quinn McNeil and Ben Bender both spent significant time in the midfield, and I don't think any one of us would say those two guys are MLS ready to dominate players. They're both young players with high potential that that did manage to force their way into the midfield and get some time. Um, I, I don't see that from Chris Heger. And so for me, he is going to be a sell. Justin, how are you doing on, on Mr. Heger? Oh no, I am uh, I'm I am big on Chris Heggert. I'm very excited for Chris Heggert. I'm I'm absolutely this is the most excited hold I can give to a player. I'm I'm not exactly <laughs> so You came in so hot. I thought he's... you were gonna... <laughs> I'm not so hyped that he's definitely going to be, you know, a a a guy for us 2 years from now. But I am hyped enough that I think he deserves an opportunity um over the next season to at the very least see a lot of time in our uh, league cup matches, uh, if not in MLS matches. Um, if you go back and you watch, uh, I think it was the Montreal game up there, right? Where, where we were ravaged by COVID um, and still almost pulled out something decent there. Uh, I think Hegert was probably the best player on the field that day from from where I was sitting and watching. Um, I think that he's one of the more creative young guys that we have. Uh, personally, I think that he should have seen the field more often than Jordi Alcivar did when we needed a little bit of, of extra creative spark. Um, I think that he has the right kind of arrogance to try and make a dangerous pass that may or may not come off. Um, and I like that in a young guy. Uh, I'm excited for Heger. It's, it is... It's a hold because I do need to see more, but it's the kind of hold where I want to see more this upcoming season. I think he deserves to play more this upcoming season uh, for Charlotte. He made 13 appearances all season for the independents and scored three goals and made four assists in that time. All right. Uh, I think that that about says it for Chris. I think it's a, a soft hold, uh, you know, across all of us. Uh, that sort of leads us into some of the ones uh, I think there are. Uh, I think this one's probably pretty, pretty agreeable between us. Uh, Justin, do you want to tell us about Nuno Santos? I mean, for, from what we know about Nuno Santos, sure. You know, he was our, our summer signing, one of the three, along with Adelson Milanda and Nathan Byrne. I will say, I think the scouting department and uh, our front office hit all three of those signings out of the, the park after MAR is gone. Um, Santos is Santos is a buy hold. Uh, no, Santos, <laughs> Santos is, is bold. Yeah. Uh, Santos to me is a is a buy. Uh, Santos is, um, I think, probably the best number ten for us going forward in the kind of system that Christian Latanzio wants to play. Uh, I think he moves the ball well. I think he progresses and links up. I think he makes the late runs into the box that uh, that Latanzia is looking for out of a, of a 10. Um, I really like him. Uh, I'm excited to see him get more minutes in the future. I really hope that he gets the opportunity to establish himself uh, in the center of the park. My biggest concern is, is he going to get minutes uh, can he play as an eight if we're going to shoehorn Swiderski into the 10 still? I don't know. Um, but he's he's a buy for me. I'm very excited for Nuno. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hop in on Nuno and say that uh, the only thing that's... Uh, he's a hold for me, uh, but he's a hold in like the buy buyiest hold you can possibly purchase a hold. Uh, I had him down as a buy, and then I said, no, I have to work within the confines of what 
we originally said this was going to be. And that is, I don't have the evidence that makes me say this guy is likely to be a nailed on in the team in two years when we are definitely winning the MLS. Um, I have a little bit of evidence that says he's very good. I have a lot of reason to believe that he's going to continue on being very good. I just, at this moment, he has not put in enough minutes for me to go to, to technically, and this is all on technicality goes by. And for that, he is the, the biased of holds for me, Josh. (laughs) I'm, I'm right there with you, Logan. I, I really want to buy him because from the little bit that we've seen, I think he is going to bring a technical ability to this squad that we are severely lacking. Um, I think he has a lot, a lot of talent. Um, I will say I'm curious whether we do see him as a 10 or not. There's something about him where I think Latanzio might see him a little bit deeper in the pitch as like an eight. Um, And that intrigues me because... I don't know that this midfield trio would work for every matchup, but uh, you know, a trio of Bronico, Santos, and then Swiderski at the ten, so to speak. Um, that's, that's a right. lot of running. That's a lot of ability. That there's there's something there that intrigues me as far as maybe getting us a little, a few more goals and a little bit more attacking power. Um, that's a lot of firepower in a midfield. Yeah, not and so, a lot of defense in a midfield. no one defends in the mls come on yeah we don't need that (laughs) um because we'll be scoring so many goals Um, (laughs) yes i I could charlotte fc charlotte fc the goal scoring powerhouse of the mls um i could theoretically see how if you were playing like a a a weaker team that really wanted to just sit in a low block that could happen i have to admit it, it would be a unique experience uh but so for him, uh, he is a, a hold slash buy for you as well? Yes. All right. Uh, we're going to get on to the final two, and then we have like a secret guest number three uh, that uh, Josh and Justin don't know about or do know about, <laughs> depending on how uh, how much they've been paying attention to the things we've said uh, to each other. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Mr. McNeil. Uh, I'm going to take Quinn. And I am going to go ahead and say that for me, Quinn is just barely into a hold. Um, He's another one that I feel is so on the line and it's hard to say that Um, the, or I say it's hard to say that it's easy to say that someone is on lines, but you have to fall down one side of the fence or the other here. And Quinn McNeil is a generalist in the same way, in my opinion, that Brant Bronico is a generalist. He brings the same sort of engine. He brings the the work rate. He's out there. He wants to get into good position. He pulls away defenders. He's a decent passer of the ball. He receives the ball decently. He he makes attacking uh, runs decently. He scored a goal. Does he have one goal or two? Does anyone know off the top of top of their head? One. Yeah, I think it's just the one. He scored a goal. Um, I I don't have anything n- negative to say about Quinn McNeil. I just also don't have a lot of positive to say about Quinn McNeil. I don't see his superpower yet. And that doesn't mean he's not going to have one. Uh, Unlike some of the other people we've talked about, I think he has that general level at a high enough level that he can still progress either into the Brant Bronico role where he's just the midfield engine that that keeps the ball ticking over, keeps us in a smooth state of football, or he could progress and really develop something. Uh, you know, he's still fairly young as well. So for me, he sits on a on a hold. Um, but really, I, I think his his general level just pushed him over that line. Uh, Justin, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, McNeil's a hold. Uh, we didn't get a chance to see a ton of him. What we did see seemed serviceable it seemed serviceable with some room for growth 
And I'm always, uh, you know, up for players growing and improving and becoming more than they initially look. Um, we saw it with Derek Jones. Danny Rios came on late in the season. You know, it, it can happen with players. And I think Latanzio is very good at getting the best out of especially young guys that are willing to put in the time. And I do think that Quinn McNeil is willing to do that. But he's not there yet. And I don't know if he ever really grows into you know, taking over the the position from Brandt of being the first guy off the bench in the midfield and sort of the, the jack of all trades, master of none uh, across our midfield. So I don't know. I'd like for him to seems like a nice enough kid, but it's a hold. Yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of a holdy feeling. Josh, do you have any, any wild thoughts on this one? Um, I think I'm sort of in the cell for for Quinn McNeil, but I am whereas whereas you guys are kind of like in the hold, maybe drifting down towards the cell. I'm at like the top of the cell, sort of drifting maybe into the hold. I just I, he was yeah, okay. Man. He was okay when when he was on the pitch. Um, it, to be honest with you, I think we've sort of just swapped opinions, Logan, with him and uh, Chris Haggard, because what you said for Chris Haggard about sort of just not seeing it or not being you know forcing his way into it. It's kind of the feeling that that I get when I watch Quinn McNeil. Um, you are right; he still is relatively young at 24. I I will say I think that's sort of bordering on the he's no longer young. Yeah, he's reaching age. early prime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's not a hard sell for me. It's just when I think about two to three years from now, will he be a important part of this club? I just think I'm a little bit more pessimistic about that um, based on the admittedly small sample size that we have. All right. Well, I think we've sort of got him on that, that just barely hold a little bit into the cell. And that leads us to our, you know, uh, last without talking about secret players. Uh, and that's Ben Bender. Uh, so the magical thing tells me that, uh, Justin, you are going to start us out on Ben Bender. Oh, Ben, he's the first draft pick. He's a generation Adidas player. He's a hold. I'm very concerned about where he fits into this system for me right now. I, I don't know. He feels like he wants to play the left side of a, a midfield that plays flat and, and a little bit wider. There's uh, Paul Pogba played a similar position when he was at Juventus and he was very effective kind of roving the left-hand side and linking between the left back and the left winger and, and, you know, getting forward and playing big long balls, like cross field balls over the top to break defenses open. And it feels like that's kind of where Ben Bender wants to be, but we don't play that kind of system. We, we play this, you know, more compact, more, more central in the midfield where the ask is to break up play and then play in tight spaces uh, to pass the ball through and, and he's not quite physical enough to hold up yet in the tight spaces and he's not good enough defensively to break up the play yet. So I don't know where he plays in this system. So for me, he's a hold while he tries to figure out what he does in the Charlotte FC system. He's got the talent to, he's just not there yet. Okay, uh, we're going to go over to you, Josh, because I think I am probably the the most spicy on this one. <laughs> um, yeah, so he is he is a hold for me as well, but with the talent of a of a buy. Um, his his passing ability is very real. Um, the big question mark, and, and Justin alluded to it, is the physicality part of his game. Again, he's a young player, so I'm tend to give them the benefit of the doubt it's also his first year in professional uh football but he has to get stronger he needs to follow Derek jones around everywhere Derek jones goes so he can learn how to use his body well um he needs to hit the weight room have some cupcakes get a lot stronger um put on some mass because he can get be pushed off the ball just way too easily I do have some hope that his defensive ability can improve because I think we saw at the very least the mental side improve as the season went on. I think he got better at knowing where he should be, if not always being able to do anything about it. Um, he did lead our our squad in, in assists. He had six, um, and that was in just over 18 full 90s. 
So again, the the talent is there and that passing ability that could really unlock uh, defenses is there. I do worry a little bit that he might be kind of a um, a luxury piece where his skill set is predicated on on having a lot of other talent around that can sort of make up for his deficiencies. But at the end of the day, being 21 first season, I think it was a really good first season. Um, and I think he just, again, he just needs to get stronger. And if he can add that to his game, I really do think he could he could be very, very useful for us. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to I think I'm going to quote you, Josh, when uh, we talked about uh, Mackenzie Gaines. And I'm going to say he's a triple S class star by um, <laughs> you buy him with everything that you have. And then you hold on to him for dear life. He is a national treasure and uh, is probably the best soccer player, football player in in the world. Um, no, uh, genuinely, I am a big fan of Ben Bender. I think that's not a like no one who listens to the crown cast is going to be like, oh, this is surprising to us. We know my bias, right? I have a very firm belief that players who have the sort of vision and range that Ben Bender has on his passing, as well as the technique and accuracy to complete speedy, well-delivered balls to dangerous players that break lines, that just leave defenders with uh, the feeling like there's nothing left they can do. You can't teach that. It's something that when you're six years old, your mind either goes, I see the entire universe that is the pitch, or it doesn't. And there are a couple players out there in the world that have had this. And I say there are a couple. There are a fair number of players out there in the world that have had this. All of them are famous. Um, Some of them for the wrong reasons, but all of them are famous. And I do think that some of the stuff we was mentioned previously by Josh, I think he is improving in his defensive capacity. I think he is someone who has already shown he's willing to put in the work to cover his his deficiencies, I think his deficiencies are something that can be taught in two years. Um, I think his his inability to hold up and control the ball when he's got that pressure on him is something that he'll grow out of when he's 24. Um, and he has time. He has the ability to, to go, like you said, hit the gym, bulk up. Uh, that defensive understanding is something that he's just going to have to learn but is something you can sit down with a book or with a projector screen and learn how to defend from the front. If you look across the entire midfield, I would tell you there's one player at Charlotte FC right now who has a world-class level superpower, and it's Ben Bender. Now, like I said, I think there are significant hurdles for him to get over, and he will have to show that he can get over them. But if you're talking about what players on this team could theoretically be MLS destroyers in two or three years, I think Ben Bender is the one who you have to say the range of outcomes for his ability when he's 24 to 28 could be huge. It could be well past the level of the MLS. Uh, And as a result, I think even though he has a long way to go, we have seen him be willing to take on that knowledge, be willing to try and improve. And so he has to be a buy uh, for me. Now, Justin, do you want to tell me why I'm wrong? Well, I just, I, I don't know that it's in this system. If Christian Latanzio is the manager in two years, I don't disagree that Ben Bender has all the talent in the world, but the talent has to be applied to the right system. Yeah, and if see, Christian Latanzio plays out the contract that he's been given, does Ben Bender find a place in this side? Yeah, I guess my thought process is if he gets 20% better at everything at, at his non-powers, it does not matter who you're pulling out of the side for Ben Bender. It doesn't matter if it's Nuno Santos. It doesn't matter if it's Carol Swiderski. It doesn't matter if it's Brian Bronico. If Ben Bender gets, okay, maybe 30% better at everything else, the first name on the team sheet is Ben Bender. Yes, if he gets 30% better at everything else in his game. That's 
potentially a big if. Yeah, it is potentially a and big that's if. The, um, the if there is why he's a hold for me. That's fair enough. Uh, guys, any any final thoughts on Mr. Bender? Nope. Nope. On we go. Uh, there is one final man who now kind of technically fits in the midfield. And I feel like we talk about him a lot, so we're going to talk about him again. And uh, Josh, I'm going to have you give us your thoughts on Carol Swiderski as a midfielder. <laughs> um, yeah, you weren't ready for that one. That's right. I, I, I kind of was. I kind of thought that's who we were going to be discussing. But I think it goes to show how torn I am about it because I am very clearly the highest on him amongst this panel. Um, I bought him as a striker. I, I think I'm going to double down and I think I'm going to buy him as a midfielder as well, as a 10. Um, I think that I'm just that much of a believer, maybe blinded, blindly so, uh, in his talent. Um, and I just think that I do like, I, I like how much he wants to be involved in the game. And I do think that if you're going to have someone drop back and try to pick up the ball as much as he wants to, it just makes a lot more sense for it to be your your attacking midfielder than it does for your striker. Um, so in that sense, I think it makes it makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy him as a ten. All right, Justin, what, how are you feeling about uh, Mr. Swiderski? Oh, it it's a very soft buy because he is a lot better at the 10 and as a reminder i am still a sell on him as a striker i just don't think he can do it but he's better as a 10 he's he's a better distributor he's he's very creative he's very technically gifted um i think that it's great that he has the opportunity free kicks because i think he's very effective at that um i want him to spend more time on his feet doing things to help this club then falling over because he's still doing that at the 10. He's still doing that in midfield. I do think that there's a world where I don't, again, I don't think that it's Swiderski, Santos, and, and Bronico. I think there's a world, though, where it's Swiderski, Santos, and Jones that start in our midfield, uh, you know, assuming that there's no other changes or anything like that around World Cup and incredible value and then people getting purchased. But um, it, Yes. Would I be happy if Carol Swiderski is our 10 two years from now and we're in the playoffs? Yes. Will I be incredibly frustrated if two years from now Carol Swiderski is our 10 and we're still not making the playoffs and Carol Swiderski is still going over too easily? I'm going to be insanely agitated and frustrated at this squad if that's the case. So it's a buy as a midfielder, but it's soft. Yeah, I don't think that I'm going to be too out of the way on this one. I am agreed. I am agreed that it is the softest of buys. Um, the thing about Carol Swiderski is he is who he is. Uh, he is a level of talent that is special in the MLS. I don't think there's a denying that. I'm on record as saying I don't think he's a level of talent that he becomes the talisman of your team or should be the talisman of your team. But as an effective option at number 10 or number eight, I think that his all around game can, can learn the parts of those roles that he would need to really become effective in the MLS. And I think his left foot is a superpower. I mean, we talked about, uh, I rate the fact that Ben Bender has a, a superpower that is world-class I cannot do that and then in good conscience ignore the fact that if you give him three touches at the top of the 18 where he can get it on his left foot he can rip the net off of its bindings to the goalposts with his left foot I mean it's it's really really impressive and that doesn't even talk about the fact that his free kicks are very good um and his work rate is enormous uh so I do think he's a buy for me, but like I said, he feels like a, a soft buy because I feel like we kind of know who he is. And like you said, Justin, because of that, if he is a starter on this team in two years and we are not consistently in a very high ranking on the team on the uh, 
table at the end of the seasons, I am going to be frustrated. Uh, I think that's fair. I think we have, we've done a pretty good job of those. You know, we'd all, I, I like to write my own reviews and say, we've done a pretty good job. Does that seem fair to everyone? Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think this has been great. I want to remind all of our listeners that some additional uh, analysis on the buy, sell, hold, including some feedback from Ewan, who's writing for us on the, the website, can all be found on crowncast.net. Uh, Josh is doing a great job of curating all of these responses, providing minor levels of editorialization on them and then publishing uh, I don't know some, what you're talking articles. about <laughs> <laughs> look I love it I agree with uh, with everything that she had to say in there um, but that's all out there on crowncast.net please go out check those out uh, there's a striker uh, and, and wingers one that's that's I think gone up we've got the midfielder one coming up and then we're going to have another one for for goalkeepers and defenders yep it is coming up and one of the other things that we are going to talk to really quick to you on this one is uh, we have some stuff coming up uh, where there is an expansion. Uh, there's going to be another team. I realized that uh, the MLS peaked when they added Charlotte FC and probably any normal intelligent person would say, you're never going to make a team better than that. Why would you keep adding teams? Very reasonable questions. Please send them to your local government officials. But there are going to be some things going on with the expansion. So Justin, do you want to walk us through the expansion? Sure. So uh, in, in just, uh, I think it's November 11th, I think um, the St. Louis SC is the new expansion team that's coming in. And as a part of that, they will have an expansion draft. Charlotte went through this a couple of years ago, um, you know, had the delay with, with COVID and everything. But basically what happens is every team is given the opportunity to protect a certain number of players that cannot be selected in the expansion draft. And then St. Louis can go around and select at most one player from each team's list of unprotected players. They don't have to select from every team. There are a few teams who are, are left out because they had players selected by Charlotte. Um, and so they can't be hit up again by, you know, sort of the next expansion squad. So um, we do have that, that coming up. We're allowed to protect up to 12 players for what it is worth. Any player that is listed as Generation Adidas, which Ben Bender is, or Homegrown, which uh, Chris Heggert, Derek Jones, and uh, Jalen Lindsay are, are protected automatically and do not take up one of our 12 player slots. Um, given the fact that we have as many international players on our roster as we do, we are required by the expansion draft rules to protect three of those. So um, when we talk about the 12 that, that sort of need to be protected or, or, you know, possibly the most important to protect, um, if you talk about the internationals, I don't think it's, it's going out of the way to say that, you know, Guzman Carujo, Christian Kalina, Adelson Melanda are probably the the first three names that I, I would put on this protected list. Uh, for me, the other guys that we would protect are guys like uh, Nuno Santos, Nathan Byrne, Brent Bronico, um, Adam Armour, I know is sort of a maybe, but we're low on left backs. I'm really high on him. I know he missed time, but uh, he's got a lot of speed. I think he does a lot of the stuff that that Christian Latanzia is looking for. Um, guys like Mackenzie Gaines, Carl Swiderski, Andre Shinyashiki, uh, Kamal Yuzwiak, uh, Kerwin Vargas, probably the guys that get protected. Um, <clears throat> I think it's fair to point out that the bubble guys probably end up being people like Anton Walks, uh, Jan Sabasinski, George Marks, our backup goalkeeper, uh, Quinn McNeil, um, we probably don't end up protecting a guy like Vinicius Mello Jr. because nobody got a chance to see him. Um, so, it, you know, the expansion draft is coming. There are some players that that currently for Charlotte FC may be in a position to be poached. Um, but uh, wanted to kind of get you guys' thoughts on that too. Uh, yeah, I am one of the... I really struggle in this position because... Uh, I want to protect, like me personally, I want to protect Kerwin Vargas. Um, but I don't know that Vargas has yet to show he deserves protecting. Um, so I, I want to move Vargas kind of into the protected list, but I don't know where I would move him for. Uh, I, I think that I have a little bit vanilla opinions on this because I think Karuho, Kalina, and Melanda uh, definitely get... Uh, Oh, no, the protections for Burn, Santos, and Gaines are 100%. 
There's no denying it. Uh, I think that Shinyashiki is basically a lock. Swiderski is basically a lock. And so that that leaves you with what? Adam Armour, who I think we should protect. I think that speed is a great equalizer in uh, in the game. I think that if you're going to have a team that uses attacking wingbacks or attacking fullbacks, speed is a big deal, both to get up and to get back. And that's one of his his powers. And we already know in just minutes of playing, he can score goals. So, yeah, like I said, I feel like I don't greatly deviate from your thoughts, Justin. Gosh. Yeah, I'll just say I, I tend to always lean towards youth and talent. If it's a question between um, protecting someone like Sobosinski or Walks, I am a, a fan of Walks and I do want him to stay. But I think I would probably protect Jan because I, I feel pretty confident that I can find another player like Walks. I don't know what Jan can turn into and I'm going to bank on his talent. I will say I think that there is there are a couple players who are definitely going to be left open. Mora jumps out. And I also think George Marks is going to be left unprotected because I don't know that he is actually our our backup. I know that's kind of what the depth chart said, but when Kalina missed the game, it wasn't him that stepped in, you know? Um, so I do wonder if this team sees Cisniega as a more viable backup. Um, but in general... I don't know that we as Charlotte fans, to be completely honest, should be all too worried about this expansion draft. It would not be good. It would kind of suck if someone was taken from us. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the ones who are going to be left open for that to happen are not going to be players who two, three years down the line to bring it back um, will be vitally important to this club. There you have it. Any final thoughts from you, Justin? No, I mean, uh, you know, the one thing that may throw a monkey wrench and and we'll have to wait and see what the actual protected list. uh, I I did read uh, recently that St. Louis already has some players under contract and seven of them are internationals. And without any trades or anything like that, uh, they could only take one more international. Now, could they trade for more international slots? Yes, but that may affect, uh, uh, you know, some of our thought process around protecting maybe, you know, a player like like Marks, uh, who's not going to be an international, uh, ends up taking a protected slot, and we take the risk on a player like Sabasinski or something like that. Um, the the other final note I wanted to mention before we sign off for the day is uh, the MLS Championship MLS Cup is set. Um, it's Surprise, the two best teams. It's LAFC and Philadelphia. (laughs) Uh, They'll meet at Bank of California Stadium on the 5th, you know, home ground for for LAFC there. Um, But uh, yeah, the two two best teams um, in in MLS this season are going to make the finals. I also want to call out that um, Charlotte FC against the Eastern Conference finalists, uh, three and one. Uh, so far, or, or, or over the course of this season, it was it was NYCFC in Philadelphia. Uh, we beat those two teams three times out of the four times we played them. So I feel pretty good about Charlotte FC going forward. Yeah, Charlotte FC, clearly the best team in the world. Absolutely. That's how it works. That Transitive is, property. If you want to be the best, you beat the best. <laughs> that is... A significant logical fallacy using the transitive property. Yes, in fact, it is. <laughs> and with that somewhat disappointing acknowledgement, uh, we are going to say to all of you out there listening, thank you so much as ever. We love you. Thank you for spending your time with us. And we are going to go ahead and sign it off, and we'll talk to you next week. So goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com. <laughs>